Hello and welcome to Property Mastermind Podcast with Hilary Saxton, episode 45. Today, talking about how to transition from your day job into property development. My guest today is Bob Anderson, the legendary Bob Anderson. We'll be discussing how to, the pros, the cons, and why you might consider it as a great option. So let's jump on into episode 45. Hey, and welcome to episode 45. As I said, how to transition job into property development. Before we get started, yes, giving away a copy of Property Millionaires Exposed. For anybody who has commented on our YouTube or on our Apple podcast, giving us a great review, we go in the draw, you will go in the draw to win a copy of this book. And this week, this week, this book goes out to somebody who I am really excited to give the book to. Me? Bob, you wrote a chapter in it, so oh. it's not you. Okay. No, it's not you. This week it goes out to Kerry Anderson. Kerry Anderson, you'll be getting a copy of this in the mail. How exciting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's get started on, Bob, how to transition from your day job into property development. And I think you are the perfect person to ask this because not only have you done it yourself, you have educated thousands of people and you have helped people to to do their exact journey, not just through your education and, and you know they've gone on to do this, but the people you've mentored as well that have actually gone to do that during the mentoring process. So you are a wealth of knowledge in this area and and I know there's a lot of people that will be listening to this that will be quite interested. So Bob, why would somebody want to make their transition from a day job into property development? Well, the question is why wouldn't you, seriously? Mm. Um, I mean... I guess different reasons for different people. You know, we talk about the why sometimes, you know, and it needs to be a strong why when you do anything. But it it can be money, obviously. I mean, you know, you wouldn't do it if if you're going to uh, make less money out of property development than your job probably. But, but, you know, when you do property development and you do it well, you make a lot of money and there's not a lot of hours in property development because Mm. we, we manage people. You know, you hear me say... Property development is about managing people and managing a process. So it's a management role, coordinating. And so we don't do huge amounts of hours. Mm. Uh, we coordinate people who do the hours. And so, yeah, you can make a lot of money in in a relatively uh, short amount of, hour, well, weekly work, you might say, mm. you know, hours per week. And that would be, I mean, that would be a reason, probably a pretty strong reason why you'd want to do it. Mm. Yeah. Not everyone does, I guess. No. No, I've... Not everybody wants to do both or to transition fully over. Some mm. people just want that cash flow injection. And I think that those that do want to are often like wanting to – Some there's a reason behind it. Like yeah. perhaps they are working in FIFO and they want to spend more time with their family. Or they've got – even just somebody recently actually joined the mentoring program. He works a night shift job. Oh, yeah. And he does not want to do that anymore. So no. – his wife actually joined and said, you're coming too. I don't know if he was in on that. But anyway, got to love her. Got to love Terry Ann. Yeah, that's a strong reason too. Yeah. And you mentioned fly in, fly out, FIFO. Mm. We've had a number of people go through our program for that very reason because they're often away from their family. Mm. You know, it can be a bit lonely up, up in the mines. 
Uh, the money's good, but uh, the money's even better in property development. Yes. And so they can make uh, more money than you'll make in the mines uh, with a lot less hours of work, but back with the family. And, and yeah, quite a few f- uh, fly and fly out people have done the course over the years to, tr- to make that transition. Mm. Um, you, you meet the odd person that just wants to do a property development on the side, doesn't really want to give, give up their day job. Mm. Uh, and you'd know that. I mean, we've had, oh, well, as an example, doctors. Yes. We've had doctors do our program who love property. Doctors seem to love real estate mm. for some reason, but you know they want they want to do some projects. Not not that they don't want to keep being a doctor, uh, but, but they just I don't know. It, it, it's in their it's in their blood. They want to do it. It's in their DNA. It's in their DNA. Uh, but they still want to keep the the job that they feel they they're drawn to do. Mm. And you can do that. You know, you can do property development part time and do do fine. Mm. Yeah. So, so one. What about those? There are some people that just actually hate their jobs. <laughs> they just want well, to get out. We of, meet them all the time. They want to get out of uh, what they're doing, yeah. and, and they see property development as a way of just bridging or changing. Mm. Yeah, re- as, yeah. A, as a better career choice. Yeah, good career choice. So, mm. yeah, not a, not everybody gets on with the boss. Not everybody likes the job they do, and uh, so normally. You know, when you're feeling like that, you're looking for another job. But quite often, people like look for a similar job. So that's you know because they've got skills in it. But that's that's not going to get you out of the job. Yeah, it might get you away from out the boss, the, out of the fry pan and into the fire. <laughs> it could be a worse boss, you know. Yes. Uh, so, I guess, um, and they look at businesses. They probably look at franchises, and you know, what what can I do if I leave? Mm. Can I buy, you know, some sort of franchise? Not everybody's cut out to own a business, though, and I. Oh. I really do think that a lot of people don't understand running a business. We talked about that last mm. week. Mm. People just don't really understand what it takes to run a business. Yeah. If you've had no experience and you've always yeah. been an employee, whereas probably, even though property development is a business, it's it's not a difficult business to run. Yeah. If if you've got a, a like a passion for property, if you like property, you understand property is you know, mm. a, a good investment, it's good to own property and, and, and that's a good start, mm. then you know, your mind sort of, moves towards property development it, it, it would it'd be hard to give up your job and make a career and say just doing renos but like there to, are a few people that do it yeah, i think yeah. they've got to do quite a lot at the same well, time you almost, do don't and, you? and, and maybe when you're younger and you don't need as much yeah. money yeah and a lot of them i made money when the market went up not necessarily out of the reno but but property development is something you can do i mean it, it's mm. it, it's it you make a lot of money mm. uh and and you can quickly replace your income, or a lot more than your income, really, with mm. a lot less hours. Can you give me an example, Bob, of um, more money and less hours? Yeah. Well, I'm not quite sure what the average full-time wage is in Australia, but I, I think it's, and I could be wrong, I, th- I think it's something around 80000 a year. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if you want to give up the job you don't like to do a job you, you will like and make 80000 a year, um, that would be fine, but, but you can make a lot more than that. Mm. And so, like, let's look at a duplex. Now, like in the capital cities, you know, better duplexes, you know, Sydney, Melbourne, and some of the more expensive ones in Brisbane, they might sell for like one and a half million. Let's say you do a duplex and they sell for one and a half million each. Well, on average, you're going to make at least 400,000 profit out of that duplex. And the period of time, like let's say it's an 18-month project. It's not a big project. Let's say it's an eighteen-month project, and you make four hundred thousand. But what you got to remember, it's not a 40-hour-a-week 40, 40 job. No, 
you're probably working four or five hours a week, mm. you know, during that 18 months. And some, some weeks you work more and some weeks you, you do nothing almost. Uh, but if you work it out, it's mm. a part-time job, very part-time. Even call it one day a week, you know, it's not even that. But if you did call it one day a week, 400000 in 18 months, that's, I don't know, about what, two sixty, two seventy thousand a year. Mm. So, so we, can, we can do a job that would make you $270,000 mm. a year um, and, and you work a day a week or less than a day a week. Mm. Not many. Well, yeah, exactly. Even just, just hearing you say that, you know, 1.5, we just went through, we just went to that open home. Mm. We went for an, an open home a few hours ago yeah. just to have a look at fittings and what's happening in the market, uh, you know, what people are using and have, having keeping up with what's going on and also to meet a student there and who's doing something similar. So we are really on the same page as them and we've got a few students doing stuff in the same area. So it's, yeah. so it's good for us to know exactly what's going on. But that sell price for that duplex one side, 2.8 million, like the profit on one of those mm. is a... Oh, oh, yeah, I know what they bought. They'll be making a million dollars out of that duplex, that, yep. that particular one, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's an upmarket one, and obviously you've got to, you know, you've got to put a bit of money in to make money. Yes. And so, you know, when you're doing that, there's a bit of money involved, but it um, doesn't always have to be yours either, which is another subject, but, mm. yeah, so, I mean, even a common duplex, you'll, you'll make way more than wages. Mm. How would it be having, a, like, a six-day weekend? You know, working one day a week on one project like that, uh, you know, making four hundred over eighteen months, call mm. it two sixty five over a year. Whatever. And not not even that, having you to ring up and and say, what do I do now, Bob? Oh, and yeah. what I, you know, really yeah. and truly, <laughs> this person program, this yeah, person's sure. landed on their feet big time. Uh, it's a you know, it's fantastic when when you say it like that. Hmm. So if you get to the point where it is you working that one day a week or less or a few hours, I mean, it can be intensive initially, finding a site and doing their yeah. due diligence, but once that's underway, once that's done, it's yeah. done. Or you could use a buyer's agent. And, and, exactly. You know, there's, there's always ways of, uh, you know, leveraging other people's time and expertise, mm. which is what we do as property developers. Mm. And that's the whole essence of property development. What's your, what's your take on people that do develop property and have a full-time job, Bob? Yeah, well, you certainly can. Yes. Uh, and that's for sure. I mean, we've had so many students do mm. it. Mm. Uh, look, a majority of, uh, of people in our property development community start with a job mm. and uh, with the intention, a lot of them, to eventually leave that job because, I mean, why wouldn't you? If mm. you could make a lot more money in a lot less time, of course, you go going to leave most of the time. Um, we had another student just this week finish their job and be a full-time property developer. Mm. He finished last Wednesday, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty exciting. exciting. Yeah, when, when they come to you and I sit down and have a goal-setting session with them and find out what it is they want and, you know, we, we work out a timeline and a plan for that to happen and he actually did it within the timeline, yep. uh, that's pretty epic. Mm. Two projects, looking for another. So Yeah, I had to ring him up and, and congratulate him and uh, wish him... All the best as a full-time developer. Yep. How yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. But, I suppose but you can with a job, easily. You know, I, I oh, he'll find it so much easier now having so much oh, more yeah, time. Yeah. He'll, he'll, he's looking for more projects. He'll have, you know, three mm. probably in, I don't know, the next three or four months, five months, you know. He'll be running three. I had a student once, Hillary, uh, in, in our mentoring program. His name was Henry. He lived in Sydney. He had, uh, it, was, it was a senior management, or senior manager, I should say, in mm. a telco company. So it was a pretty important job mm. and a busy job. He did three projects while he was there at the same time, not oh, one after the other. Oh, my goodness. Very good at time management. And I don't... <laughs> was know. he Chinese? Yeah. I knew, oh, that, 
Chinese are so good at that sort of <laughs> How thing. How did you know that? He's I just, Henry. Yeah, no, I just <laughs> thought they're very good at once they – well, I, they love property mm-hmm. and I would imagine that – I could imagine somebody – like it reminds me of Erica. Mm. Like they have a – yeah. They have that bee in their bonnet to get something done, and they mm. do yeah. love. So they can certainly do one. Yes. Yeah. And even if you have a sort of a job that's very demanding or you're an employee with a boss that doesn't like you making phone calls, <laughs> we have – I'm thinking of a particular woman who is in the mentoring program, and they've just got their project underway, and she manages to – she manages to fit those phone calls in and her breaks and stuff, doesn't she? I know who you're talking about, yeah. It, it's frowned upon for them to make private phone calls during work hours. Mm. And uh, so a, a number of our conversations have been during morning tea, afternoon tea or lunch. Mm. Or when she's ringing Bob to say, what do I do now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or occasionally, you know, after after hours if it has to be that way. But, yeah, I, I mean, that's a quite a constraint constrictive is that such a word constricting job yes uh, well, I remember Ross over in the he was oh, in the mines Ross, yeah. and he did his development in his in his lunch break that made all his phone calls in his he lunch did. break that's pretty amazing so yeah so Ross. really pointing out that it is quite doable mm. um, and Dan Dan made a full transition some time ago now what Dan did and that was during the mentoring or just after mm-hmm. he finally got through to doing that he actually just started reducing hours at work. Yeah. He went from five days to four days to three days, and that was how he was able to. Yeah, and you can. I mean, there are jobs where you can do that. Mm. You know, I mean, there are some jobs where you're either there or you're gone. You know, it, yes. There's no in between. Mm. But yeah, uh, he was able to cut his hours down. I'm thinking of somebody else as well. Can we do? I'll just finish off on Dan. What oh, he did. Yeah, what, what he also did, because he was quite time poor bit of a like a real go-getter he had a plan uh was on a real definite journey he actually outsourced a lot of mm-hmm. the work he got somebody to work with him he rewarded them well she was she'd already had her own business and so he had somebody working with him i think he paid her like one or two days a week to, yep. to work with him or for him and and that that paid off as in it yeah. sped up his process and I think often people don't – they get a bit tight around having to pay somebody, but you don't realise that once you start outsourcing to somebody, mm. it, it really can speed up your process, your progress. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, if you don't, it can hold you back. Yeah, exactly. So I, I guess what we're saying is you can definitely develop while you have a full-time job. Mm. It's going to vary a bit as to how much time is available during the day, but there are morning, afternoon teas, lunches, before and after work. So, you know, there's no excuse. And uh, – well, you might be able to cut down hours if it was good. Mm. You know, we uh, we had a, a student in the memory program a few years ago as a paramedic, and she was able to cut down from five days to three days a week to loosen up that time. Was she over in Western Australia? Yeah, yeah. She yeah. might be listening. Could be. If you're listening, we're talking about you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, but the point is it can be done. Mm. Uh, well, how do you know when to transition, Bob? Like, what's that? Is there, and having done it yourself, mm. what is the tipping point? that you think now's the right time for me to transition? Well, I, it makes sense to me. See, when you give up your job, your income stops. Well, yes. usually, you know, unless, unless you picked up a redundancy. You know, that could be a little bit different. You get a chunk of money to leave. Mm. But normally, once you stop, you're gone. You don't have income. So it makes sense to me to leave about the time the money's coming in from your project, around the settlement time. So in, in the case of the, uh, the duplex we talked about before, $400,000 profit from two duplexes, they're probably going to settle pretty close to each other. 
and so that would be a time to pull the plug. So, so you've got four hundred thousand uh, dollars suddenly arrived. Now, there's tax to be paid, but you know, just part of that. But there's always tax to be paid. Yeah, there's always. Yeah, there's the, more, always. the more tax you pay, the better, of course. And you're making a lot of money. Yep, and. Uh, so that would be a good time to transition because you can put some of that capital aside to, let's say, um, wait, say, say, grabbed a hundred thousand of that and said, okay, that's my hundred thousand dollars for the next 12, 15, 18 months. Depends on your lifestyle. Uh, and then there's, there's some people over. looking at listening to us right now, going, "What? That market live off it for years?" And there's other people thinking, "Oh, that's not going to last no, very six, long." It's five or six months for some people, <laughs> yes. but 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 that's what you do. You know, mm. if you timed it like that, so you say, okay, I got an income for at least a year. I've got another chunk of money left over, and I can pour that into the next one. And uh, that, 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 to me, that makes sense. Also, you would have financed that first project. What some people might do, though, is um, during the back end of their project, they might be able to uh, finance their next site. Not the whole development necessarily, but buying the site. Well, they've still got a job because they've got serviceability. So they could actually transition out of one uh, and and having financed the next one using the serviceability because the serviceability is going to disappear. And then next time around, the third one, they might have to look at uh, you know, commercial finance where the interest is capitalised, uh, where you don't have to come up with it every every week, every month. Yeah, and people don't actually realise that property development, the the profit from a development doesn't count as income. So that yeah. gets a bit confusing. There are some ways it means that you need to sort of work to have it so you do have an income, like pay yourself a project management fee yeah, on the way through and yeah. things. But th- that's something not that not everybody is aware of. So that makes it look like you don't have an income. when You might have yeah. made a lot of money from a property development. Yeah, it is funny that the way the banks don't mm. count your profit from a development as income for serviceability. Mm. But if you pay yourself a project management fee out of your own project, they do. I know, that's so weird. Yeah. So what about COVID, Bob? COVID did force a, peop- force a lot of people into having to well, lose their job or having yeah. to do something else. Um Make their mind up faster in some cases, didn't it? And you know what? I think because decision-making is something that a lot of people struggle with, It's for some people it was probably not a bad not a bad thing. It was probably a, a bit great of a that... kick up the new know-what. A bit of a kick in the bottom. <laughs> yeah. It was for some people. Mm. Um, I mean, it can be a bit of a shock, but uh, it, it forces you to maybe bring forward the things that you were going to do mm. and and really get into it. Instead of sitting on the fence, you yeah. had to jump over and go slow. Your bridge was burnt anyway. There was yeah. no other option. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm. we saw people in our mm. in our community like that, mm. where their jobs were threatened or their hours were cut right back. And I thought, okay, oh, I'm into it now, more more seriously. I'm going to mm. get a lot more serious about it. And uh, and in the end, it was a good thing. Mm. Well, look at Jamie. I mean, mm. he's whittling down his hours, isn't he? And then he's got four projects on the go right yeah, now. Yeah, his hours were whittled down in in his industry. And uh, so he had plans to do certain things. He just brought those plans forward because he had to. Mm. And that forced him to... He's to, happy now, though, isn't no, he? No, he's pretty happy now. He's pretty happy days. projects on the go and going yeah, really perfect. well. So, Bob, how did you manage to do it? Because you went from... I'll just give a quick overview of of um, what you were doing, like at cash businesses, lawn mowing business in your younger days and after you'd been working in... And like a government department and thought no yeah. I'm, after you'd failed at, failed at university cause, because no, you I didn't go I never failed I left oh because you left university because you realised you didn't need to be a chemical engineer and then then going on to there is a difference working for a, a, in a government department where yep. you saw 
people fall asleep at their desk. You thought, I can't do this. No. So then you started your own business, mowing lawns, cleaning windows, yeah. then having a terrible accident, yeah. dying, well, nearly dying. Had a bread run in there too. Oh, you I had a bread that. run, yeah. And then realising that you had nothing, you had to move back home to mum's because you couldn't do your cash mm. businesses. So then you decided to get into back into real estate by becoming a real estate agent. How did you go? How did you manage to go from being a real estate agent to a property developer? Because I know that your plan was always to be a property developer. So was your plan to do it that way? I mean, we're talking yeah. a long time ago. Yeah, well, yeah. you're spot on with the history. And while I was recuperating from that bad, bad car accident, I, 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 well, I came around with a plan that I wanted to be a property developer. But you couldn't just be one out of thin air. Nobody taught it back in those days. There's no courses. Oh, now everyone teaches it. Now everyone, yeah, mostly <laughs> our students. But anyway, that's okay. Um, everyone teaches it now. Yeah. <laughs> so not having anywhere to instantly become a property developer, that's why I decided to get into real estate as a real estate salesman. And to learn about it. Well, it was a foot in the property market. You know, it's obviously a real estate agent's along, or a salesman, as it were, uh, is a long way from being a property developer. But I, I chose the agency I worked for, and it was one that sold land subdivisions. They had, they had about four big land subdivisions that they were selling. And as a result, I got to meet the developers of those four subdivisions. I got to talk to the consultants who were, you know, preparing the next stages. You know, we had to sort of look forward for our marketing. And so that got me in. In, on the on the sales end of property development, mm. you could say. Yep. But I met all the other movers and the shakers in there, you know, the town planners, the surveyors, and, of course, the developers. And uh, so it, it, I was partly on my way to, to, to my transition into a property developer. And I, I started my first project while I was a real estate salesman. So I was making reasonably good money as a real estate salesman, but it wasn't the end game for me. And uh, I did two I did two projects while I was still there. And oh, at, at working at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And and then I left. So they, they were very close together, those two. Um, I was sort of almost starting the second one as I f- was finishing the first one. And I had no money in either of those. I, I used um, some creative strategies on those two to, to do deals. But that that's how I made my transition from a from a property from the property industry, the sales end of development, you might say, to the front end of development. And my first project was a four-lot subdivision. It was, it was joint venture with a landowner? Yeah. Uh, yeah wasn't it was it a double, te- tra- double strategy? Was well, it? vendor finance deal probably vendor if, finance. If, if you really analysed okay. it. Yep. And the second one That's was right. a joint venture, venture with a money partner. Money partner. My sister's boy, boyfriend, Keith. So I did both of those. Is Keith still around? I don't know. I lost... Uh, lost touch with Keith? Keith probably 30-something uh, years ago, but... Um, so that got me going, you know, got me established. I got some, I had some money because I was earning, earning an income as a salesman as I got a couple of chunks of money mm. out of those projects. I think that's great proof, Bob, that it is very possible to, you, you've done it yourself as well mm. as, oh, like you're even doing it now. You know, we, we run Property Mastermind, yeah. educate people in <laughs> building a retirement village. Yeah. So yeah. there you go, I, you know. In, in, in my spare time. Yeah. Yeah, and you're involved in a few yourself, so you know we in my spare time. In your spare time, so we keep developing and we keep keep teaching, and uh, we're pretty happy when people make that transition. Yeah, so it's especially if they us. want to. Not everyone wants to, but no. when people want to, which I think more people do want to than mm. not, actually, would, mm. would that be your? Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm. I mean, how could you not really, when you think about it, and when you get down to it? You can make so much more money than, than you would have in your day job, unless you're like a brain surgeon or something. But if you talk about average 
people average wages. Mm. I mean, you make way more than you ever would in a, in a normal job for way less time. Mm. I mean, why would you not want to do it? Mm. Exactly. Good point. Well, I think we've uh, covered enough there and I think we've given some insight as to how or how many people I think we've probably proved that more people have than you'd realise that mm. like we could go through masses of lists of yeah, people that could. have done it so if you are interested in giving up your day job and perhaps property developing head on over to our website and download the free video series yeah that's a good start the free yeah. video series where we run through all the processes of doing a, a development Mm. give you a really good feel for it and what you might want to get involved in. And we've got a few events coming up actually on the 7th of May we've got in Brisbane we've got a property event and Bob will be running through a joint venture with a landowner or just joint venture? I think joint ventures in general uh, particularly using investors funds because that's how a lot of people got started that's how I got started Mm. so that was the beginning of my 1.3 billion dollars in developments was was, uh, you know just those little creative strategies so yeah we're going to talk about joint ventures we will we will break that down and if you it's a it's a 29 dollar event so come along and we're not going to be selling anything off there. there's no pitch there it's a property event you can network we'll mm. have a drink with you afterwards we love hanging out with people who are interested in property socializing with other like-minded uh, uh, people that love property development yes yeah. there'll be a link below anyway if you'd like to join that but that's may 7th in brisbane and also on the 14th we've got our four-hour free masterclass, which has launched many a property developer. So that's free. We do talk about our courses, but you do get good content as well. So Mm. if you just want to come along for the content, come along for that. And there'll be a link below to sign up and register for that. We've started the mail-outs for that, actually, to keep people, start people being interested and learning a bit more. We're sending out your deal or no deals, Bob. Oh, they're out now. They are going out too. Yeah, nobody else does that. No, well, they can't. Well, they're not game. <laughs> not smart <all> enough. <laughs> yeah, so it's, um, that's great where we find a deal and analyse it, pull it apart and make a call on it. Yeah. Whether to do it or not to do it or run the other way. Yes, they're, they're really cool. So hmm. look out for those. But we would love to see you at one of our events. Please remember to, yeah. Sure would. Like, yeah, to comment favourably and we will catch up with you in our next episode. Okay. Thanks for listening, everyone. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye.